If the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. God wants to finish the story. And the very thing that we would love, He enfolds in Himself all that would bring joy and life and peace to us. Welcome to Keep the Main Thing, a podcast of sermons and messages from Pastor Leland Evenson. I'm Mark Evenson, Pastor Evenson's son. Okay, I know it's a little late or a little early for a Christmas message, but we are trying to take Lee's sermons in chronological order from the ones we have found. And it just so happens that the oldest recording we have thus far is from Christmas Eve 1985. It is titled Christmas Without Shrinkage. In looking back at his ministry, we believe that he probably spoke at around 55 Christmas Eve services. Speaking of shrinkage, it is a short sermon, approximately 12 to 15 minutes, about 10 minutes shorter than he would typically speak on any other Sunday. He did this because he knew it was Christmas Eve and there would be many visitors and families with young children who were probably excited to get home to celebrate Christmas Eve. Actually, that also included him. Dad was a big fan of Christmas and really believed that it was a family holiday, which is why he also never had Christmas Day services, only Christmas Eve. In our family, we always celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve after church. Mom would cook a wonderful dinner, typically a, a crown roast, although she did give in to Dad's petitioning for lutefisk one year, but only once. Although the lasting memory, a.k.a. the smell, was with us for a very long time. In this 12-minute sermon, Pastor Lee packs in numerous stories and analogies and many play on words to get his points across. As usual, they are extremely meaningful, memorable, and masterful. It also has a classic Peanuts cartoon at the beginning. At the end of the sermon, he impeccably recites a story from memory. It's a great story. And we know that it was from memory because from looking at his notes, we know that a lot of what he spoke came right off the top of his head. There wasn't a whole lot written down on paper. This is a fast-paced, thought-provoking talk with a lot of great points that are impactful because of the way he couched them in stories and in anecdotes. Here is Christmas Without Shrinkage, Christmas Eve, 1985, Pastor Leland Evenson. Lord, we thank you for taking away the question marks and replacing them with exclamation points. Thank you that we can know who we are and why we're here and where we're going. May this Christmas cause us to come out as different people than we come in. May we see a greater revelation of who you are and who we are meant to be. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Sunday in the comic strip in Peanuts, Linus is trying to read the Christmas story to his sister. And he goes along for a while, and as he reads, he stops to try and explain it. 
Who would have thought that this child would someday be revered by millions while Caesar Augustus would be almost forgotten? And then she interrupts. No one paid any attention when I was born either, but now everyone loves me and I'm going to get so many presents for Christmas it'll make your head swim. Linus walks away and as he walks away she says, hey, aren't you going to finish the story? To which he replies, I think you finished it. That's the problem with Christmas, you know. We don't let God finish the story. The trouble with Christmas is we try to finish it. We try to make it what we want it to say with our happy holidays and making it into simply vacations or an excuse for overindulgence, for eating and buying and gathering and ch roasting chestnuts in an open fire. We sing longingly, I wish it could be Christmas forever, the glow never fade away. But it can't happen because we don't let God finish the story. We make it into what we want it to be, and so it shrinks. It shrinks into a box that we put away, or to a few clothes in our closets, or to a few kinds of memories that we have and the cards and the letters that we may have sent or received. Things have a way of shrinking on us. Life, hope, peace, joy, and we keep trying to change sizes to get them not to shrink. There was no shrinkage in the first Christmas. The shepherds, the wise men, Simeon, none of them do we sense that it now had shrunk into an insignificant event. Rather, it was only the beginning for greater glory and greater life and greater adventure. We need to let God finish the story. To let God finish the story, we have to let him journey to us, first of all, then let him journey in us, and finally let him journey through us. During the Christmas rush, a lady sent out 50 greeting cards without looking at the message on the inside. She signed them, addressed them, and put all of them except one in the mail. And then on Christmas Eve day, as she had some time, she took the one she hadn't mailed and decided to read what it said on the inside. And as she opened it, it said, this card is just to say, my special gifts to you is on its way. There are disappointed people who are waiting for those gifts from her probably still to this day. God made a promise that a gift was on a way. Hundreds of years ago, as we heard it in these beautiful prophecies in Isaiah, God would journey to man. He would become flesh, and he kept his promise. He's a God who journeys to this world. The Word became one with us. We are not forgotten. He is among us. He has come to us to let him finish Christmas is to let him make a journey to you. The story of Christmas is a story of a God who is totally here, who is totally interested in us. There was a neat little article in the paper, they interviewed different people what Christmas, what they wanted for Christmas. One young lady girl, in fact, said that last Christmas she got the greatest gift she got. Her father had no longer, was no longer drinking and had been cured or healed from his alcoholism. And he said, she said he's been sober for a whole year and that's the greatest gift she could get. The greatest gift is someone who's totally there, someone who's totally with us, 
totally interested, totally loving, totally caring for us. The story of Christmas is a story of a God who journeys to us wherever we are, wherever you are this night, no matter how bad you may think you are or what you've done. Christmas says God comes to you in your smelly stable, in your smelly life, in your hang-ups and in your problems and in your difficulties. The beautiful story, The Velveteen Rabbit, which maybe some of you have seen illustrated down at Dayton's. The classic line there is, we become real when somebody loves us. That's how you become real. Not by how much you know or how much you earn or variety of things in those mechanical toys, but we become real when we are loved. You're nobody till somebody loves you. The story of Christmas is a story of a God who journeys to love us where we are and to make us real by that love. Not all of a sudden, but daily he comes, journeys to us as we allow him. To let him finish Christmas is to have a Christmas that doesn't shrink, but grows and glows and gets greater with more adventure and more life. He doesn't shrink. He doesn't wear out. He doesn't become less significant. He comes to us. Let him finish the story. For daily he would journey to you. He journeyed to a little boy who had lost his rubber ball standing in the woods on a farm. He journeyed to a young man through a prophet who had manure on his rubbers and milk on his hands, but he journeyed to that barn to proclaim and call a young man into the ministry. He's journeyed to mailboxes to supply the needs of that person, to the hospital room to heal, to stop and go lights to protect. He journeys day by day. The story of Christmas is a story of a God who wants to finish the story and journey to our lives daily. He not only wants to journey through to us, he wants to journey in us. Yesterday, I went over by Ridgedale to get some things for serving down at Caring and Sharing Hands, which they're doing this afternoon and this evening. I got in there and I couldn't get out and I couldn't get to the store and I was totally frustrated and my wife, I'm sure, was holding her breath and wondering whether I would simply abandon the car and walk home. It was a disaster. I've never seen it as bad as that, even at the Vikings football game when all of the traffic heads for the exits. It was impossible. Everybody had seen was trying to move and nobody was moving. I finally got out of there without going to the store. This morning I went back at 6.10. Beautiful. Everything was in order. I could go in and out, could go in to get the things I needed, go have a bowl of oatmeal in the restaurant and have some time with my wife, the beginning of Christmas Day, a place of peace and rest. That can be the difference in your life and in mine. To allow God to journey in us is to let Jesus be formed, to bring rhyme and reason, to take care of all the traffic in our life, the traffic of anxiety and worry and fear, to allow those things to be shrunk so that he can move in us and through us. If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. The journey of Christmas is a journey of a God who wants to finish the story, to form the life of Jesus in you and me. And finally, he wants to journey through us. People get all concerned because we can't have nativity scenes in public places and because we can't sing carols in school programs. And I, too, think it's tragic. But they can't keep, you see, if we understand Christmas, they can't keep the nativity scenes out of public life, nor can they keep the carols and the joy of the Lord out of the places where men work and listen to truth. 
because you are meant to be that kind of nativity scene. You're meant to be the angel that proclaims the news. Richard Halverson said, if one wishes to see what God is like, where in the world does one look? If not the church, where? If the church does not reveal what God is like, what does? Who does? Where does one look to see the unconditional love of God? Love for the sinner, failures, rebels. Where does one look to see his forgiveness, his mercy, his grace, his holiness, his justice, his truth? Where is a church's witness? Dogma is not a witness, nor orthodoxy, nor doctrine, nor rhetoric, nor size, nor numbers, nor buildings, nor program, nor success, nor fame, nor popularity. If God is not revealed in those who profess faith in him, where in the world should one look who desires to see God? God wants to finish his story, and he wants to finish it through you and me. It's not through nativity scenes or even carols sung, no matter how beautiful, in, in concerts, but it's in lives that day by day allow God to journey to them and through them and in them that will make this world different. God wants to journey day by day through you into the world as he journeyed through those shepherds who returned with joy, having to tell others they couldn't keep it to themselves, the great news of this gospel. He wants his name to be offered everywhere, wherever we go. God wants to finish the story. And when he finishes it, Christmas doesn't shrink. I'm reminded of that old Norwegian poem about Jacob the Jew who came from Sweden into Norway on a cold, bitter Christmas Eve night. And as he was walking through the wind and all the noise and the howling of the storm, he thought he heard a noise and he stopped. But then he thought it must have been an animal and he went on. And then he heard another little noise and sure enough, there in the snow was a little girl who had gone from one neighbor to the other but lost her way in the blinding storm to deliver some little gifts to the neighbor. And so Jacob the Jew picks up this little girl, wraps her in his coat, and sees a light a little ways off. And so he trudges toward that light. And as he gets to that house with this child enfolded in his coat, he knocks on the door and somebody opens and sees it's Jacob the Jew. And he says, it's Jacob the Jew, and slams the door. We don't want to buy anything tonight. The next morning they found him sitting there frozen to death and also frozen the life of the little daughter that they had not allowed to come in. Jesus brings life. The great one who is called the Messianic Jew, the one who brings life to us, too often is shut out of our lives and the very thing that we would love, he enfolds in himself all that would bring joy and life and peace to us. Christmas doesn't have to shrink if we understand it's about a God who wants to finish the story to us, in us, and through us. May he find a new heart this night if you don't know him. May he come to you in new ways, in new journeys as you allow him day by day. For when you allow that, Christmas will not shrink. But like those early wise men and shepherds and Simeon, it will only get greater and more glorious day by day, even in the year ahead. Amen. Lord, thank you for your being totally here, your willingness to come into this kind of world, to journey even to our hearts. May we open our hearts to you.
to know life and peace and joy now and forever. Amen. Special thank you to Anne-Marie Cross, who is helping us produce this podcast. Hunter Frazier for his editing assistance. Lee G, thank you. Music by Spencer and CJ, who could have easily quit their day jobs. Hey, and don't forget, if you're wondering what is in that box way up on your shelf in the basement, check it out. It might be Pastor Evenson's sermon recordings. We can always use some additional content. Thank you. And remember, our website will be up in a few weeks. We will certainly let you know when it is. Wishing you and all of your loved ones a Merry Christmas every day of the year. It is the best way to keep it from shrinking. God bless. Thank you.